coming up. The last time the father saw the son, he was walking away from him. Last time he saw him. He watched him time after time just get further and further away. Now he sees the son coming closer and closer. And the father said, quick. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. We're well into the new year. And while you may be struggling to keep those resolutions so you can have the good life you've been longing for, Pastor Robert wants us to examine our thoughts and beliefs on what we call good. Join us for this challenging message series, Living the Good Life. Here's the final part of the message, A Prodigal's Journey. The fifth lesson is people will ignore your needs. People will ignore your needs. Luke 15, 16 says, the young man became so hungry that even the pots he was feeding, the pigs, looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Understand that it's a famine in the land. So everybody knows it's a famine in the land. It's not secret that it's a famine in the land. And because this young man was starving so much, he probably looked like he was hungry. If you paid attention. If, if someone paid attention, they can see that, you no, know, this dude might need something. He was so hungry, the, the, the stuff the pigs eat was looking tasty. That's how hungry he was, the text is telling us. So he, he, he probably looked like he needed something to eat. I don't know about where you come from, but I come from is that you, you offer somebody something even if you only got a little bit. You don't got much, you know, it's like you got, you know, two cups. So I got one cup of water. He's like, you want half my, you want half the cup? Yeah, you know. And the text says nobody gave him anything. Nobody paid enough attention to help meet his needs. I had a uh, coworker who, I mean, he really grew to really uh, think highly of me um, because one day uh, he kept to himself and was kind of private, uh, but I noticed that he didn't look well. And so I, I, I had just kind of seen him passing by and then so I went to his office and I said, man, you all right? And um, he says, I'm struggling. And, um, and then he explained to me that, you know, he was diabetic and um, that his, his sugar was low and he, he's feeling real faint. And so I had some juice, you know, some fruit and candy or something. I went and I said, man, I said, what? I said, I said here. And I went back to my office and I got you know, the little lunch I had packed and and um, got him some juice and gave him something. And he took it and, you know, and um, he started feeling better and everything. 
And for days, he was saying, Rob, thank you. The other day, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And I, and I saw a, a shift happen in our relationship because I had showed him that compassion and genuine concern and had recognized that he was in a bad place because he was at a place he was about to pass out. And um, he explained that to me that it, and, uh, Cause at that before that time, I didn't really know his condition. I just knew he didn't look well, and uh, and wanted to do something about it. But he never forgot that. He, he would always, from time to time, mention it to me, and he just started, you know, just treating me. Not that he treated me bad before, but I can tell it was something between us now, because I had come through for him in that instance. So we got to be aware. Um, the sixth lesson is um, I am strengthened when I remember the goodness of my father. I am strengthened when I remember the goodness of my father. Luke 15, 17 says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. And so he wanted to eat the pig's food. He's starving. He spent all his money. And now he's thinking. He's reflecting on what life was like when he was with his father. And so when we remember the father and the goodness of the father, it strengthens us. And he comes to the point, he says, you know, even my father's servants have leftovers. And I'm here starving. Some ain't right with this picture. And when we get away from the protection of God, the umbrella of God, the, it can get like that. And then we need to call ourselves back to remember just how good our father is. And that's what he did. He got strengthened by remembering the goodness of his father. And that takes us to the seventh lesson. It is when I'm thinking rightly, I realize my father gives grace to the humble. When I'm thinking rightly, I realize my father gives grace to the humble. Luke 15, 18 and 19 says, so after he thought about the goodness of his father, he says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. This is the same young man. Remember, this same young man, before he went to his father and says, I want my portion of your stuff. Now he's saying, Father, I sinned against heaven and you. And Lord, I'm just not even worthy to be your son. Father, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just 
let me be a servant. Let me be a hired servant. That's humility. That's a big difference. It's a big difference in attitude. Big difference in perspective. Now, before he was asking his father to serve him by giving him his stuff. Now he's saying, Father, let me serve you. Before he was asking his father to give him stuff that he's supposed to get after his father died. He was asking his father to serve him while his father was living. Now he's saying, Father, let me serve you while you are living. It's a big difference. That's a big attitude shift. And so he came to himself and he understood that now. He's learning some lessons here. It takes us to the eighth lesson that he learned. My father really wants me to receive his love. My father really wants me to receive his love. Luke 15, 20 says, so he returned to his father. Can, can you see the excitement, the anticipation, the passion that must have been in this young man's heart while he's trying to get back to the father? It says he returned to the father, and look what happened. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Understand that the son is coming back and looking for the father on this side of life. He's looking for him. And his father ran to him when he was a long way off and embraced him. I'm going to say that again. Son came to the father while he was still on this side. And the reason that's significant is because if you wait until the other side, if you reject him on this side, you won't be able to accept him on the other side. We talked about that last week. And I want us to compare this story with last week's story so that we can line some things up and see some significant things here. Last week's story, Jesus told us about the rich man who lived fairly. He dressed, his, his clothes was tight. He was living large and living rich, fine linen, as text says. And every day he was living that way. Then there was a beggar at the man's gate. And the rich man, not because he was rich, 
died and woke up in hell. He, he, that happened because he had not decided to make a decision or to accept Jesus or accept God on this side. Whereas the opposite was true for the poor man. And so the text said there in Luke 16, 23 through 26, it says in Hades or in hell where he was in torment, talking about the rich man, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. So here on the other side, the rich man looked and he saw Lazarus and Abraham far away. And he asked can Lazarus, the poor man, beggar, come and help me on this side? In the prodigal son story, we see the father saw his son far away. The difference is, is that his father on this side was able to see him far away and run to him, hug him and embrace him. But in the story that we, we covered last week, it goes on and says, verse 25, but Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you receive your good things, while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So with the prodigal son, that he came to himself in time, that his father, when he saw him from a distance, he could run to him and embrace him. Here, Father Abraham is seeing the rich man from a distance, but he can't run to him because it happened after they died, that the, the, the chasm, the gap between the two could not be transversed. It, it couldn't be covered. It, it just was impossible. And so um, the, the, the father went, or the prodigal son went and hugged his son. The rich man who died, he had adopted the perceptive perception, the perspective of the good life that the world gave. He had rejected God in his life and he and had accepted the good life that the world said was a good life. And then he saw a gap between him and Father Abraham that couldn't be covered. Couldn't be covered. And so we see in the story of the prodigal son and takes us to point number nine. My father is eager to celebrate my change of direction. My father is eager to celebrate my change of direction. Luke 15, 21 and 24 says, his son said to him, now get the picture. The father saw him afar off. He saw him, he ran to him, hugged him and kissed him. And then the son started talking. His son said to him, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you 
and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. And we'll pause right there just for a second. Remember what the, the last words the father heard from his son was, give me my, my portion of your stuff. That, that, that was the last thing he heard come out his son's mouth. And so now he's hearing his son say these words, Father, I, I was wrong. I sinned against heaven and you. And I, 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 I am no, not, not, he says, I'm no longer to be called your son. The last words the father heard was give me my stuff because I am your son. Give me what's coming to me because I am your son. Now he's saying, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. This is a big change. This is a big change. This, 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 this whole repenting thing, this changing your mind or changing your direction is a big deal. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't sound the same when you change directions. And so the father said to him, but his father said to him, servants, quick. I'll pause right there. He says quick. The point is, again, the father was eager to celebrate. Notice what happened here. The, 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 the last time the father saw the son, he was walking away from him. Last time he saw him. He watched him time after time just get further and further away. Now he see the sun coming closer and closer. And the father said, quick. Notice what happened. The son said, back to the other verse, when he said he made up his mind, he was going back. Verse 18 and 19 of Luke 15, he says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. That's what he said he was going to say. Let's go back down to what he said. It says, his son said to him, verse um, Luke 15, 21 and 24, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I no longer worthy to be called your son. And then guess what happened? But his father said to his servant, quick. He didn't get to finish what he had planned to say. That's how eager his father was. He didn't even let his son finish. His son was going to go on and says, take me on as one of your hired servants. He didn't even get to that point because God, the father was so eager and so happy that his son had come back. He cut him off and told the servants, quick, quick what? He goes on and says, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring and put it on his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine. 
the one who said, uh, 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 Father, give me my stuff. This son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. The father didn't even let him finish. Cut him off and said, no, it's time to celebrate. I heard enough. As soon as the father heard that his son had repented, that's all he needed to hear. That's it. When he heard that his son was saying, I'm committed to go a different direction, that's all he needed. He needed to hear nothing else. He didn't even let him say the part, let me be a hired servant. He, put, he said, no, servants, put a robe on him. Put my signet ring on his finger. Give him my credit card. Bring him back so that he can have status like he had when he left. That's how eager the father was to celebrate his son's return. And the father was just waiting for a genuine confession of sin. That's all. That's all he was waiting for. He didn't need to hear anything else. We, we need to learn something for this. And one of the things that we can learn is just to look for what the father looked for in this story. Sometimes we want to hear folks crying and weeping when they say yes to the Lord. We, wanna, you know, we want all this uh, emotion and all of this stuff to be a part of it. You want to hear a horrific story about it. All the father needed. He didn't even ask him, what happened? What, what did you do? What's been going on? He didn't even get in. All he heard was his son, his son confessed his sin. That's it. I don't need to hear nothing else. I'm bringing you back in, and we're going to celebrate right now and quickly because you come into salvation. And remember, Jesus was telling this story along with the other two lost story, the lost sheep and the lost coin, to make the point of what someone will do when something that was lost is found. And I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge us today. How badly do we want the lost to be found? How eager are we to celebrate when the lost is found? To help you process that, you might just want to think about when you was lost, before you gave your life to Christ. And that moment and that day and that time in which you said yes to the Lord, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's not just big in this life. It's big for all eternity. That decision changes your eternity. And so the father celebrated. And Jesus tells us on in his um, dissertation here that the angels even celebrate when the lost is found. And so here's an opportunity for anyone who's under the sound of my voice who may not have made a decision 
to give their life to God. God is waiting and watching and eager to celebrate your coming to him. He wants to welcome you with loving arms. He wants to wrap you up and kiss you as his father kissed his son. Celebrate that the lost is found. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. A, a fruitful life is driven by a desire to give God more. That's what drives it. That's what motivates it. That's what inspires it. To give God more. Thank you for listening.